Hi, this is Yolanda. I'm sharing with you the memoirs of President Joseph Smith III, 1832 to 1914. We're in chapter 45, page 467, and the section heading is 1887, and the chapter heading Revelations. Thank you for listening. Over four years passed before another revelation was received. The conference of 1887 held at Kirtland proved to be one of the most important that had been held by the reorganisation up to that time. There seemed to be a degree of restlessness of spirit moving upon the brethren when they assembled, which gave rise to resolutions from two of the leading quorums, the Twelve and the Seventy, which are here transcribed from the church history. We of the Quorum of Twelve report to your honourable body that we are not ready and willing to transact such business as may be properly referred to us in our present condition, being five in number. We note with gladness the progress made in the general work, but can but regret our inability to perform important work, which seems so essential to the present and future safety and prosperity of the course. We earnestly call your attention to the present condition of our quorum. We have but seven members, one of whom is in a distant land. Thus you will see that the second quorum of the church, as a quorum does not exist in the land of America, will your honourable body adopt such measures as you may deem proper, with a view to bettering our condition. We deem this as important a matter as can engage the attention of the conference and we believe that God is willing to hear our prayer and relieve us from this embarrassment. Signed, James Caffel, Acting Secretary. Based upon the above report, the following preambles and resolutions were adopted on the 8th. Whereas... The depleted condition of the Quorum of Twelve and the important character of work needing to be done by it has led the present members thereof to request this body to take some action regarding it. And whereas they have expressed a belief that God is willing to hear and answer our prayers at this time regarding the matter and whereas the Quorum of Seventy has expressed anxiety in the same direction, therefore be it resolved that we unitedly ask the President of the Church to present the case again before the Lord, and that we also go before the Lord in earnest, humble prayer and fasting, that he may give direction regarding this matter and all other matters representing present need for further revelation to his Church. Subsequently, a yes resolution was passed, setting apart Saturday, April the 9th, as a day of fasting and prayer, for the purpose purposes named, this day was to be observed, and in answer to prayers offered, a revelation was given on the 11th. See section 119, Induction and Covenants. The revelations, or the revelation was presented to the several quorums, the first presidency, 12 and the 70, each reported that they had received the revelation by unanimous vote. It was also endorsed by the 1st, 2nd, 4th and 5th quorums of elders and by the body of elders not enrolled 
or whose quorum was not present, also by the high priest's quorum, and by the body of priests, teachers and deacons present. The document was read before the general conference on the 12th, and the following resolution was adopted by the unanimous vote of the body, all members voting. Resolved that this conference as a body accept and endorse the revelation presented to us as being the word of God and additional direction by which we should walk in faith and truth before him. Apostle Josiah Ells had died, and owing to some dissatisfaction, I will start again. Apostle Josiah Ells had died, and owing to some dissatisfaction arising from the failure of some of the members of the Twelve to occupy in their station as seemed requisite, a former conference had failed to sustain by vote two others of the quorum, Jason W. Briggs and Zenas H. Gurley, Jr., Thus only seven members were left in that group, and to fill vacancies and complete the quorum to a more efficient capacity, Brethren James W. Gillen, Gomar T. Griffiths, Joseph Luff and Heman C. Smith were now, by this revelation, called and added to the number. Some more or less agitated questions were decided by the revelation, which particular officers of the church were qualified by their calling to administer the bread and the wine, the time for the observance of the sacrament, the fixing of the first day of the week, commonly called the Lord's Day, as the Sabbath, the admonition to the official members of the church calling for a greater degree of sobriety and diligence on their part, and the endorsement of the song service with a general charge to the whole membership to cultivate music, all these were considered essential and timely as set forth in the revelation received, a careful reading of which is most earnestly enjoyed, enjoined upon the readers of these memoirs. As far as the conduct of members and ministry is concerned, there is a plainness and directness of instruction so manifest that no one need err. This revelation was important for another reason, viz. that it was granted in response to the prayers and request of the body. The voice of the Spirit came to me in such plain and unmistakable terms that it was no wonder the revelation was promptly and unanimously accepted for the government and guidance of the church. The Spirit bore witness not only to the leading quorums, each in succession accepting it, but to the general membership as well, as is stated in the minutes of the conference. As for me, I felt humbly grateful that once again my calling and mission had been emphasised by the direct presentation of the word of the Lord through me to the body of the church. I'm going to leave that there and carry on with 1890 in the next episode. Thank you for listening.